Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. If you want more information on the things that we're doing, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. So Jerusalem, the city of peace, Yerushalayim. Yeah. No one cares. No, everybody. People care. Sure. Yeah, so Yer most likely means city, shalom means peace. So most scholars seem to think that there's something going on there that the idea is it's the city of peace. So what I want to do in this podcast, because we're we're going to, you know, we're walking through the end of Jesus's earthly ministry and you know we're talking about the the triumphal entry talking about him coming into the city what i would like to do on the podcast if possible is try to paint a picture for folks so they can sort of imagine jerusalem in their head mm-hmm. i'm not sure this is going to translate and so i'm going to just talk about it alex is going to ask questions or dive in and point out things that he knows but i'm also doing this if you've never been to israel this would be a great way for you to listen to it, kind of imagine, then go, I really want to see that face-to-face or yeah. up, up up close and personal. Yeah, because like you, good listener, I have not been to Israel. Correct. Although I'm planning to on this next trip. So this yeah. is, I'm, you know, pretty interested in this uh, as someone who's not experienced it and excited to. Yeah, let's hear what it's about. What am I going to see? What am I going to hear? What am I going to smell? Is it going to taste? <laughs> I don't know if I can say those things over the podcast. It smells like lavender and cumin. <laughs> it really does. It's just, if you can imagine Agrabah, the, the city of, in, in Aladdin. Yeah, that's when he's not like, a real place, by the way. I'm, I'm aware that it's not, but when, you, when he's running through the market and there's food everywhere, when you're in downtown Jerusalem, in the old city, when we, if we go through the market, which we usually do on the trip at least once, yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. So there's there's just shops. Most of them are selling things to you that they just ripped off American goods and made them more American in some way. Or you'll see like just ridiculous Jewish propaganda t- attached uh-huh. to Trump. So it'll be. Oh, <laughs> right. It's just really delightful. Uh, but the the fact is. I want to think about it from the first century, because what we have today is not the city that Jesus would have entered into. Right. So here's what I want to start with. Imagine Bethany. It's a a little over a mile away. The disciples, almost every day of the week of Jesus's passion, are waking up. And this would have started with the triumphal entry day, right? So they, uh, maybe a week earlier, they turn from Jericho. They start heading up the hill. They take a couple days to get up the hill, or maybe just to just truck it and do 15 miles in one day, which is a treacherous walk. And they end up in Bethany, which is where we know Lazarus, we know Mary and Martha live. And it's just a little village, but at this point, the village is starting to get packed with people because they're all getting ready to head in for the Passover. Mm-hmm. And so as this crowd of people are beginning to enter the Passover, Jesus walks up the hill a little bit, sends his disciples ahead of him, and has them go grab the colt. The colt comes up to the top. And if you imagine, you're kind of cresting the Mount of Olives, which is the highest point in Jerusalem. There is there is nothing higher than the Mount of Olives. It's kind of weird because you're looking down at the Temple Mount, and you don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not incredibly high. It's maybe 100 feet higher than than the Temple Mount itself. But you still have to crest the hill. And as you get up to the top of the Mount of Olives, you look down and there would be olive 
gardens all along the base of the hill, along with a bunch of the graves that people have been buried there because they know when Messiah comes that he's going to land at the Mount of Olives. And so good Jewish people for centuries now, and we're talking right before the time of Jesus, there's a couple of tombs that are that old at the base of the Mount of Olives. All the way to today, rich people are being buried on the Mount of Olives. And so today there's tons of graves everywhere. But at the time of Jesus, as he crests the hill, there's some olive trees at the bottom of the valley, and then there's going to be some graves over to what we would think of as our left, which would actually be kind of to the south of the city. So if you can imagine coming up to the top of the hill and looking at Jerusalem, and all the splendor of Jerusalem is just sitting there before you. You have a massive Temple Mount. I mean, the walls for this thing are so tall. I mean, we're talking depending on what part of the Temple Mount you're looking at, it could be 30, 40, 50 feet of just amazing monolithic rock. So mm-hmm. just carved perfectly. They look super shiny, beautiful. And then on the top of that is this glorious temple, bigger than anything most of these people have ever seen. I mean, the disciples, when they see it, say, Master, look at the size of these stones. Right, and the, the temple is like above all these things, right? So you're... You're seeing it above. The, the temple is the highest part of Jerusalem, but the Mount of Olives is above the temple. Okay. So if you can imagine coming up over the hill, you're looking down at the temple mount, and you're probably just about even with the roof of the temple mm. in your eyes view. Yeah. And below you is the valley, which is um, not the Valley of Hinnom, which we talked about in a previous podcast. That's just to the left of what you're looking at because there's two different valleys. And so the valley right below you is the Kidron Valley. That's where David snuck in and and actually captured the city from the Kidron. Mm -hmm. And then the Kidron Valley goes a little ways to the south, and then all of a sudden you'll notice another valley uh, kind of heading up the hill just to the left of you, and that is the Hinnom Valley. So there's two valleys that kind of converge, and right where those two valleys converge is the Pool of of Siloam, Mm -hmm. which, which is now being excavated. Uh, but that's the edge of the city of David. So so to your left, if you were to look maybe half a mile away from you is the Pool of Siloam, and then the city of David rises up from there, and then the the palace would have been the, David's palace, which no longer stands, but it would have been right there at the edge of that hill. Uh-huh. And then you've got the Valley of Hinnom, and then you've got the the actual Temple Mount right there with the temple on it. And it would have been the most amazing thing. I mean, it was one of the wonders of the world. Yeah, uh, it, it was so big and so beautiful and so gilded. I mean, Herod thought he was so special, he covered everything in gold. Mm-hmm. So it would have shined, right? Or, you know, it's shimmering in the sunlight as you're, if you're coming over in the morning, the sun would be rising from behind you. And so this thing would just start to glitter and glow and, and be absolutely beautiful. And is this the path that Jesus took into the city yep. on the triumphal entry. It's the only way. Yeah. So this is where he's traveling. So he sees this, his disciples are seeing this, and all the people are coming out. This is a place to have the party, right? Yeah. And they would have been gathering already at the top of the hill. Some of them might have been already trying to get down into Jerusalem. So maybe they're heading down the road to the valley. Some of them are in the valley. Some of them are already up toward the Temple Mount. Some of them are already in the city, have their hotels. And when they hear that Jesus is coming, they all start running out to the streets. They're grabbing their cloaks. They're grabbing these you know, these uh, these branches, whatever they are. There's some debate about whether they were actually palms or whether they're some other kind of leafy branch. But they're they're grabbing these branches, they're waving them about, they're throwing their cloaks on the ground, they're screaming, they're shouting, Hosanna, right? Hoshana, and they're saying, mm-hmm. this is so exciting. We're, 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 may the kingdom of David begin right now. And 
what we'll talk about when we're in Israel, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil it all on the podcast, but there are multiple gates into the city, and there's multiple gates into the temple, and there's a ton of debate. One of the gates is called the Golden Gate, and that was reserved for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the trippier concepts is, did Jesus enter the Golden Gate? And if he did that, that would have led to his, res- his execution later on in the week. Hmm. It, it's, it's just enough that everyone would have flipped out at it. So this, this was an otherwise unused gate? Only one person's allowed to use it. Wow. And it's the Messiah. So they just had a gate in the yep. city that... And that gate is still there. Oh, really? It still stands. And as you're crossing the Mount of Olives looking, it's directly in front of you. Wow. And it's it's an accessible gate? Is it? It's not used today? Not used today. Okay. But it's there. Is there stuff... Like, somebody could go through it. You know, I just think, like, yeah. if there's a door in my house, like, for example, the door that goes from... <laughs> Sure. The outside into my garage, the, not the people door, or right. sorry, the people door, not the yeah. vehicle door. Yeah. I don't use that door, and so it's piled with stuff. There's sure. currently like stuff in front of it. You couldn't yeah. use it if you want to. Is this gate accessible today? I'm just curious. You probably wouldn't be able to unlock it and open it, but if it, if it was open, yes, you could, yes, you could yeah. access it. They haven't like piled you, some stuff. You're able it. to see it on both sides, okay. and we will do that. Wow. And it's right next to the Dome of the Rock. Yeah. So if you're if you were going to go online right now and just take a look at the Temple Mount, you would see the Dome of the Rock. That's right where the temple would have stood, but the temple would have been way bigger and way more beautiful than the Dome of the Rock. And that's not to say that the te- second temple would have been bigger. Everybody weeps when the second temple is built. Herod has built something around it that is a way bigger, way right. bigger, better, bolder structure than anything anyone could have imagined. Right, not just the temple building itself, but the whole the whole the complex. portico or whatever they call it. Like yep. he, he built area around it because the, yep. the temple itself is pretty strict in its size in construction, right? Like that's, we get that in the Old Testament. The inner, yeah, the, the holy place and the, whole, and the holy of holies, those are very distinct, but the building around it can right. be almost then, any size. But then, yeah, Herod comes in and says, it's not just about... It's the, not big enough. Yeah. Let's, let's go more. bigger. What's, what's the name of that gate you were talking about? The Golden the, Gate. The Golden Gate. Yeah, not the bridge. So if you can imagine the temple right in front of you, and then just to the right of the temple, as you're staring at it, which would be to the north, you've got Antonia Fortress, which is what uh, the... Really, Pilate and the emperor built this to, to be able to hold troops. And so the Antonio Fortress is likely where Jesus begins his march to his death. So as you're crossing over to the city, you've got the temple right in front of you. You've got the Antonio Fortress to your right. And then to the left is this portico that you're talking about, which is a two or three uh, level storefront. I mean, it's, it is if you can imagine a bunch of shops built on top of each other, they're selling the goats, they're selling the pigeons, they're selling the lambs, and they're doing all of this at a high price, and they're doing all of it to sort of just gouge the people who are coming into the city. And so that whole spot is so rich and so wealthy and so exorbitant to people, uh, really exploiting them. That's why Jesus goes in and just starts to flip the tables and go crazy right. in right. just which, a couple of days after this. Yeah, which we'll get at at our next yep. Yep. sermon and podcast. Exactly. So if you can imagine, the, there's two parts to the city of, of Jerusalem, really, at this time. There's the part that is the old, old city. So today what we call the old city is actually 
the Temple Mount and the, the surrounding area. Right. The old city at the time of Jesus would have been David's city, which would be just to the south. And there's sort of a smaller hill that rises up from the Pool of Siloam all the way up to where the, the, the palace would have stood. Just to the right of that palace, or just to the north of it, so right at the edge of the Temple Mount, would have been where uh, the high priest would have lived. And as you cross into Jerusalem, so you head down the valley and back up, and you're now going along the base of the Temple Mount, when you get to what are the southern steps, which would be on your left as you're heading down into the city, these these steps are where Peter preaches the good news uh, in Acts 2. Mm-hmm. And that's the place where everybody enters the temple. There's no other way in for everybody else besides the southern steps of the temple. And just to the west of those southern steps is where the high priest would have lived. And he would have then risen, gotten in all of his garments and his vestments, and he would have walked in and he would have you know, entered the, the temple with everybody else. But what's crazy is, and this is where I kind of want to spend a little time, if you get behind the temple, so if you're coming over the Mount of Olives and you see the temple right in front of you, if you were to walk directly across the temple, that's where the actual city of Jerusalem is. And there would have been walls in the first and second century. And those walls would not been that great. They wouldn't have been, you know, crazy tall. Like the walls that we see today, everybody thinks are just amazing. These are unbelievable walls. Well, those are 13th century walls. Right. And I'll get to Jerusalem in a second about what has happened to Jerusalem over the years. But these these first century walls would have been smaller rocks, you know, kind of just built just for basic protection. But there'd be tons of shops. There'd be tons of places to stay. The, the city is broken into multiple sections. So you have areas where the Essenes live. You have areas where the, the priestly people would have lived. You have Herod and all of his minions. They have a spot where they live. You know, you're, you've got the Roman prefect, uh, Pontius Pilate, and all of his servants and everything. They would have their quarter, so to speak. And then you have just a bunch of really common people living all around that. And at the time of Jesus, we're talking up to 100,000 people lived in Jerusalem. So a huge city in, in ancient, you know, by any ancient meter. Today, you know, we would, we'd say 100,000 isn't that huge. But at the time of Jesus, Rome is the largest city in the world at a million people. Yeah. So if you think of Jerusalem has 100,000 people, it's 10th the size of the largest city in the world. In the world, yeah. Ephesus is about 350 to 400,000 or so. So it's huge. I mean, Jerusalem is really, really big. And at times of of these festivals like Passover, it would balloon up to just incredible, incredible amounts of people. Like I said in the, the sermon on Sunday um, a couple of weeks ago, there's this this thing of the 500,000 people could have worshipped at this site. It's that big. It's so huge that that many people could do that. And if you think it's a city of 100,000 people, you've got people coming from all over the world to come celebrate the Passover, to come celebrate Yom Kippur. They would need it to be that big to be able to support the weight and and all of these people coming to do their thing. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how the the Western Wall, because we've most of us have heard of the Western Wall, mm-hmm. and that that's the closest that Jews can get. Mm-hmm. So that is not the Western Wall of the Temple. That's the Temple itself, right? The building. Right. Tell us a little bit about what that is and yeah. and how that plays into this whole yeah, that's, like that's area. Good. And especially in the first century, the Western Wall would have been twenty five to thirty feet tall. 
at one point, and then the hill actually rises next to the temple. So by the edge of the temple wall to the north, it's maybe 10 feet tall. Yeah. So if you think the, the wall goes from 10 feet all the way down to about 35 to 40 feet tall at the south end, that is the Western wall. So it's the, it's the wall to the temple mount itself, the structure right. that the temple is built upon. And today, so here's, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about with Jerusalem. What happened with Jerusalem is it was conquered so many times that what they would do is they would just knock everything over and they would just build on top of it. And so at the time of Jesus, you're already talking about two or three layers of city that is being built upon. At the time today, we're talking seven more cities have been built on Jerusalem where it originally was. So in the 1930s, a group of people found a couple spots and they're like, I think that there's more below here. And they started to dig down and lo and behold, they started finding cisterns. And so after the city was destroyed by the Romans and then rebuilt and then destroyed again and then built for the Crusades and then destroyed in the Crusades and then built again, then destroyed in the Crusades again. Once you get to five or six of these times, what they did was they just hollowed out areas and then built on top of them. Mm-hmm. So you have all these places where water would gather and these these explorers in the 1930s, 40s and 50s started going, I bet we can find more And so they started digging down. And so today, where the Western Wall is, where the people are worshiping, that's a 20-foot section or so uh, tall. It's about maybe 100 feet long. That section is the spot just to the base of where the Temple Mount would have been. Right. So the the rock that they built the Temple Mount on, they they think it's Mount Moriah, Mm -hmm. where Abram offers Isaac. Mm -hmm. So that mountain... uh, and there's no way to verify that. But they believe that the, the peak of that mountain is where God stood and spoke the world into existence. So to a Jew, that that structure, that rock at the top of this mountain is the most holy place. And so they built the most holy place over that spot. Mm-hmm. So at the time of Jesus, that little rock is cresting inside the temple, most holy place, or the holy of holies is what we call it. And... When the temple gets destroyed, that rock then is just still sitting there. And so the Western Wall becomes the closest place that a Jew can stand and be close to that rock as possible, which is the place where they believe God created the world, the place where Abraham offers his son Isaac, the place where, uh, you know, David and Solomon build these, the the tabernacle gets set there, then the temple gets set there. I mean, it's an incredibly important location. Uh, And so... Today, why wouldn't they stand at that at that site and just go? This is the closest we can get. Let's let's celebrate. Right, right. It's a, it's a deeply meaningful place, mm-hmm. but it's not the wall of the temple. It's the Correct. wall of the temple complex. It's more like a retaining wall, yeah. because it's holding up that temple area. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting to point out is that this place was completely insignificant to Jesus in Jesus's day, mm-hmm. because. They could go yeah. into the temple area. Yeah. This this was was the outside retaining wall to the temple that today modern Jews can't go mm-hmm. onto the Temple Mount. Yep. So it's a really interesting place. I'm excited to see it in Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, but also, as we think about Jesus' day, uh, if he was in, if he was at the what we call the Western Wall today, it just would have been. Oh yeah, just. I'm just passing through. I just got to get from one place to the next. Yeah. And the only reason why it matters today is because that rock sits on the more Western part of the, of the Temple Mount. So they would, that's why they're worshiping there. If that rock was on the other side, 
they would be celebrating on the Eastern, Eastern Wall, Wall, which actually the Eastern Wall is easily more easily accessible. That's where the Golden Gate is. That's where you've got the Kidron Valley. It would make more sense for them to be honoring right. that spot, but it's not but, there, so they're going to worship on the And they got to stay outside the wall because the temple's not there. Right now it's the Dome yeah. of the Rock, which is a, a Muslim building, yeah. and so they cannot continue to keep their... Levitical cleanliness code, right? That's the issue. That's part of it. The other part of it is the Muslims won't let them up there. Oh, they won't. Yeah. So what did they do? Like card you at the door? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like I've been up there. You've when been the, you've been on the Temple Mount, right? We're gonna go on the Temple Mount. Yeah. So yeah. so how do they know? Do they look at you and say, "Oh, you're obviously not Jewish, or you're with the Christian company"? There's or? a lot of things that I'm not wearing that prove I'm not Jewish. Sure. So if you're a non-Orthodox Jew. You can get up there, and they would never know any better. I see. I but see. if you are, if you've got seat seat on, if you've got a you know prayer shawl or yeah, you haven't cut the edges of your beard or something, they yeah. would... or you're wearing a kippah or a, or a yarmulke, depending on which one you're wearing. Uh, yeah, whatever you're wearing, it's pretty obvious that you're a Jew. I have been up there when a couple of rabbis got up on top with armed guards, and the Muslims basically started yelling at them, and they had to leave. It was huh. it was pretty intense. Wow. But all that to say, the reason why they don't go up there now is because they're just not trying to start a fight. Yeah. But what's interesting is, yeah, there's so many discussions about what, what they want to do with that site and they want to build another another building. Some people want to build the third temple. Some people want to build a superstructure that overcomes the Dome of the Rock and so they can yeah. both worship there. That's not going to work. But I think in the time of Jesus and, and where I want to kind of end this this idea because there's a lot of information just through it. You maybe grab a map or a picture of Jerusalem and just kind of like walk it through as I just walked through what's going to happen in the city. And then on our trip, we actually spend a little time on the Mount of Olives and I walk through Jesus's holy, you know, the Passion Week and kind of explain the whole last week of his life and and sort of point things out as we're, as, as we're going. It was kind of cool this last time because it was as the sun was setting. So it made me look real, really good. You know, mm-hmm. everybody was mm-hmm. laughing. Nice. Like, they're like, you totally planned this. I'm like, I did not, but this <laughs> is really cool. But the the idea at the time of Jesus that I want people to think about is the city would have been bustling with, with people, you know, 400,000, 500,000 people might have been in the city. You've got tremendous political upheaval, which we're going to talk about in a future podcast. There's so much going on at the Temple Mount. There's so much going on with just the whole thing itself. But it's not that big of a city but it's really big compared to ancient cities. So yeah. today, Jerusalem is a couple million people, and they're spread out all over the hills surrounding. But back in the day, we're talking a pretty narrow space, a pretty small space with everything that, that anyone could have wanted because it was very agricultural still. So you have farmers all over in the Judean hillside that are bringing their wares up to sell. So you know, you've got milk, you've got honey, you've got you know everything you could possibly imagine that week. You're eating big... F- amazing meals. You're, you're having this amazing celebration to lead up to the Passover and everything feels like a powder keg. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a picture of the first century. Uh, if you thought, man, I would, I really liked that description, but I don't really, I can't visualize it. You should just come with me. Yeah. Be able to visualize it. That's the way to go. I'm excited. Hope to see you there. Yeah. It'll be good. Mm